Well, it turns out that you can help me today. Um, I make an agreement every year with Derek and the Lord that after these three services are done, what the largest envelope left, I will take and write a check out and put that in. So here's how you can help me. Take the big envelopes. <laughs> Let's leave something small for Pastor Tom. All right. Um, would you uh, stand with me in honor of God's word? Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. I'm just going to go to verse 7 here. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your authority in this room right now. Lord, do something wonderful for your glory and for our good, I pray. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. So today's message is called Ministry in the Kingdom Healing. We just spent the last five weeks on life in the kingdom. It was Jesus' first sermon recorded in the book of Matthew, and it was about um, becoming beautiful. It's it's about becoming humble and meek and pure and righteous and and all that comes into that, that Jesus wants to make us beautiful. He wants us to actually become beautiful good news. But he has something more for us, and we get this in his second sermon. He doesn't want us to just become the good news. He also has entrusted us to share the good news. So one, he gives us his beauty as we are in this process of becoming more and more beautiful, more and more like him in our character. And in the other, he gives us, he shares with us his power and his authority so that we can proclaim and bring the kingdom and the good news to other people. And so um, this week and the next time I speak will be on ministry in the kingdom. So here's point one today, contending for healing. When the king draws near, we, we sang it today, 
the, the sickness begins to leave and the dead begin to rise and Jesus Jesus brings the kingdom. Jesus, when he was on this earth, the kingdom was fully present when he was here. The kingdom won't fully come again until Jesus comes back. So right now, the kingdom has been opened for us here. And so it's here, but it's not fully here. It's not going to fully be here until he comes back. However, it's opened to us now. And so we need to contend for those things that are in the kingdom of God. Jesus let us know this. He, he, he gave us the prayer to pray that the church should be praying. Your kingdom come and your will be done. It is not a done deal. It is not automatic. Well, you know, whatever God wants will automatically happen. No. Stop! If that was true, you don't, wouldn't have to pray that. God's will is not automatically done. God's kingdom is not automatically here. We, we are in the kingdom, and we are the link of the kingdom of God in heaven to this earth, and we are the ones that pray it, that bring it, that carry it. But we need to contend for these things. Um, Jesus says, this is how it works. And it's, and it's funny because it says it right after it says he feels compassion and love for the multitudes. They are harassed and helpless like sheep without the shepherd. And he's the shepherd. But that's not enough. He says, there's a great harvest. Now I need you. I need you to rise up beyond your own little life, beyond your own concerns, beyond your own needs. And I need you to join me and pray and ask the Father to send out workers. Somebody has got to pray first and then somebody needs to go on his behalf. Somebody has to be part of God's mission to bring his kingdom to this earth in this time. Contending for healing it's really important to understand the difference between forgiveness and healing. Um, forgiveness is the way into the kingdom. Healing is one of the things that exists in the kingdom of God. I'm going to read uh, 1 Peter 2.24. It says this about Jesus. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. This is quoting Isaiah 53. It's about the cross. The healing referenced here is not physical healing. It's about a healing in our relationship with God. That sin caused this break between us and God. And forgiveness is what we get when we come. It's how you get into the kingdom. Jesus came. He died on a cross. He shed his blood to heal our relationship with God. That is already accomplished. You don't need to contend for forgiveness. It is finished. Jesus did it on the cross. The way into the kingdom has already been established. It only needs to be received. You don't need to contend for it. <clears throat> Colossians 1, 13 and 14. 
For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. When you come to Christ, you are immediately all at once forgiven and you are in the kingdom of God right at that time. You are translated out of darkness into the kingdom of God. Here's a great way to think about it. When you get saved, there's this, I want you to picture a huge house called the kingdom of God. When you give your heart to Jesus, you are given the key, the door is open, and you walk in. And now you have access to every room of the kingdom of God. And there's a lot of rooms in the kingdom of God. There's one room that's got healing on it. There's one that's got freedom. There's one that's got provision. There's one that's got, uh, there's, there's all these power rooms. There's all these fruit rooms. There's one that says love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. These are, these are, you have access to every room. But salvation and what Jesus did on the cross, he, he brings us into the kingdom so we now have access to all of these rooms that are things that are in the kingdom of God. I got news for you. You're not even going to get into all of those rooms in this life. <laughs> there are so many rooms and every one of them is amazing. What happens when we come into the kingdom is Jesus shows us things. He takes us to rooms. Many times he takes us to this room called love and people go into that room and they just, they just never want to come out and, and the kingdom of God is love. He, there's another room called forgiving others and, and Jesus takes it. Oftentimes what happens is we get in the kingdom, we hear about healing and that's all we want. Thank you, bro. That would have been bad. Um, <laughs> we get in the kingdom and we want to go right away to healing or something dramatic. And Jesus is like, yeah, that's in the kingdom. But I'm taking you over here first. I'm taking you to the room you need before the room you want. But, but Lord, I need, I, I need this too. And he's like, yeah, I, I know, but I'm taking you here and we'll do, we'll do that too. Don't worry. It's in the kingdom. Just because you haven't experienced every one of these rooms does not mean you're not in the kingdom. Everybody gets, when they're forgiven, they get, they get, it, they get the pass into the kingdom of God. Somebody gave me this word for today. They received it this morning. I'm just going to read it to you. I am with you. I am near. Though at times you may feel imprisoned, I am with you. I am the good shepherd who walks with you and leads you through the darkest of alleys. I am good. I am for you. I am near. My love for you is everlasting. My power is great. Yet I would rather hold you than heal you. I want your heart so much more than I need your service. I am near. Trust in me today. Be still. Cease striving. Allow the truth of my word and the reality of my good presence to saturate your soul. I give you my peace, my beloved. Rest in my goodness. I am with you. Jesus wants to be with us. He is opened up for us through forgiveness, the kingdom of God. Uh, secondly, 
The difference between forgiveness and healing. Forgiveness is fully accomplished in the atonement. We don't contend for forgiveness. We just receive it. Now, interesting, part of what is given to us right away that we just received, part of being translated into the kingdom, there is something immediately for our body. It's just not healing. It's resurrection. (laughs) Right when we get in, we get the promise that just as Jesus rose from the dead, that one day these bodies, when they die, will not fully die. They will be a seed. They will be raised again. There is resurrection for our body. Thank God. That's a guarantee for everybody. So forgiveness is all at once. Healing, oftentimes, this room called healing in the kingdom of God, it it often comes as a seed. Jesus talks about us laying our hands on the sick and them recovering. And forgiveness, you don't get forgiveness partially or a little at a time. You get it all at once. Healing, oftentimes, comes not the way we wish it would come. We want it to come all at once, every time, boom, done. Sometimes it comes like a seed. Often the things in the kingdom come like a seed. You've got to tend it, watch over it, water it, weed it, and eventually the truth of that will come forth, but it often doesn't come the way we want to, and this can be very frustrating for us. Um, <clears throat> contending for healing. Jesus gave his disciples in this passage as he sends them out, he doesn't send them out empty-handed. He says, I'm giving you my authority. I'm giving you authority over unclean spirits. I'm giving you authority to heal the sick. You are, I'm giving you my spirit. The spirit that's on me is going to be on you and you're going to bring the kingdom on my behalf everywhere you go. And you, you say, well, Pastor Tom, that, that was when he was on earth. That was to those apostles. That has nothing to do with us. Mm. Later, he sends out 70 to do the same thing. And then before he leaves, he says this, John 14, 12, he who believes in me. Now, now this is not he who's an apostle, he who is in the early church. This is, this is whoever believes in him. The works I do will he do also and greater works than these will he do because I go to the father, whatever you ask in my name, I will do. I'm giving you my authority. Right, right before the ascension, he says, you're, you're going to receive power dunamis when the holy spirit comes on you to be my witnesses the holy spirit is in us to make us beautiful the holy spirit comes on us to make us powerful both both are part of the kingdom of god and pastor tom you know i don't want to share until everything is solved in me well you'll never share that Both are a process. We are becoming beautiful, but we're not all the way beautiful. If you think you are completely beautiful, ask your spouse. (laughs) We're we're becoming, and we're, we're, we're becoming powerful. We're learning how to walk in the ministry of the Spirit, how to carry that authority. He sends us out, and we are learning, or I'm using the word contending for healing. So uh, it's very difficult when you read the Gospels to not notice that Jesus spends a lot of time healing people. This is, this is not some peripheral thing. This is very central to who he is and what he does and how ministry goes forth. And so 
when we were in Montevideo, Minnesota, we were just coming to Montevideo, Minnesota. I just, I, I just, I said, Lord, I, I just, I'm going for healing. I want, I want to see you heal people. I, I read it in the gospels and somebody's got to contend for this and you're looking for people. I'm convinced you're looking for people. So I'll, I'll be that guy. Here, here's what I, cause here's what I notice about people. People love to share with you their aches and pains. They love to talk about their doctor report just because that's what's present to them and that's what's gripping them and this is the immediate thing that's in front of them and I just told the Lord when I went to out a video that whenever anybody starts sharing their pain and their doctor's report and the, the tragic thing that's going on, I will ask if I can pray for them. Wherever it is, in whatever circumstance, I will ask if I can pray for them and if they say yes, I will gently put a hand on them and pray for them. And, uh, well, that little, that little resolve has led to some very awkward situations. Um, I'll just give you a couple. One was, uh, Alice and I, we, we had a, a, a little vacation night at a, a close by town and we were staying in a country and in suites and we, at, we were on our way home from dinner and we, we were talking about healing. I don't know why we were talking about healing. It was all about healing. Maybe I was speaking on it that Sunday morning and, we get there, we get checked in. I always like to sit in the hot tub, so I go down to the hot tub, and she's sitting up on the, on the uh, patio, and um, there's this guy gets in, and kind of an older guy, and, and he is explaining to me why he sits in the hot tub all the time, because he's got chronic back pain. And he's always, he's always had it and or how long he's had it and what they've tried to do. And this is the only thing that seems to help. And, and I'm listening to all of this and, um, and I get out of the hot tub and I go tell Alice, I said, isn't it interesting? We were just talking about healing and this guy's got, got all this chronic stuff. He shared. She said, well, did you pray for him? And I'm like, he's in a swimsuit. She said, Tom, how can you possibly not pray for him? We just talked about this in the car. He just shared this. You need to pray for him. Well, now he's, he's on the deck. He's, he's drying off. And I'm like, this is so awkward. And so I go, uh, I just go over to him. I said, sir, would you mind if I prayed for your back? He's like, yeah, please. I said, would you mind if I put a hand on your back? Nope. Go ahead. I pray, pray a short prayer, just releasing God's healing and goodness, and, and it's over, and I leave, and da-da-da. I don't, I honestly, I don't think another thing about it until a couple months later, we were having a conference at our church, and this guy is in the foyer, and he's talking to somebody in the foyer, and I come up, and he's like, oh my. He's like, this is the guy. He's telling about the healing he received <laughs> on, the, on the deck of a hot tub and what God did and, and how it happened. And I'm just like, oh my God, you are amazing. So uh, this went on for years. And, and when, when Matt was in high school, he was on the JV football team. And I was going to a game got there a little late and it was uh it was weird because i get there the teams are on the field the people are in the stands 
but it is absolutely silent. It's, it, it's really, really weird. You expect there to be all kinds of noise. It's absolutely silent. The school superintendent is at the front gate, and I, I go to him. I said, what's happening? He said on the opening kickoff, there was, a, there was head-to-head collision, and the, the kid from the opposing team it has not moved since. We, the, we're waiting for, the, for the, um, the, the ambulance to get here. And I walk through the gate, and a voice or a, a thought comes into my head, unbidden from me, says, pray for him. And I, I know, I know that for me to go up in the stands and have a nice prayer for him, is not, that's not what God is talking about. He wants me to go pray for this kid right now. And I am, I am not wanting to do this. I am, I'm like, Lord, no one has asked me to pray for him. This is, I don't have any capacity here. Just silence. So here's what I do. I don't want to disobey. And I don't want to obey. <laughs> so what I do is I, I, get, I, walk, I walk through the gate where the, the field is. And all the players are kind of there. They're all on the sidelines looking. And I don't go out on the field. They're way out in the middle of the field. There's all these adults. There's coaches out there. There's the referees are out there. They're all gathered around us. And I, I just go up to the, the sideline and I walk a, along the sideline. And so people in the crowd, if they saw me, they would, they would wonder, but it, I'm not completely out of order yet. And I, I, so I, I walk down the sideline and I'm just, I'm deciding whether I'm going to do it or not. I'm just walking down the sideline and, uh, uh, you know, because who knows what they're going to say, whether they would even let me pray for them. I mean, it's just weird. And so I get, I get right parallel with them, and I'm like, I, it's, it's right now or never. And so I, I do the right turn, and I'm, I, now I'm out on the field. It's too late to go back. <laughs> so here's my strategy. I decide that I'm going to pretend like I'm in some type of official capacity. Like, I belong here. Like, this is very normal, and I belong here. And so I just get out there, and they are all looking at me. And like, I'm a pastor, and I'm, I'm here to pray. And they just divide. They, everybody just gets away from the kid. And I get down on a knee, and I put a hand on him, and I just pray for God's healing and peace to be released. And just then, the ambulance has arrived, and they need to take him. And so we all follow him out and and we're we're just he's getting he's loaded in the ambulance and the coach of the opposing team grabs my shoulder and he just says uh he says I want to thank you for praying and it turned out that that boy was fine and I don't know if God healed him I don't I don't know if he even needed healing but here's what I know Here's what I absolutely know. That God loves people and he wants to be near them in their time of need, even if it's awkward for us. This is what I know. Contending for healing. A few few weeks ago, 
was playing Scrabble with my brother and, um, and my sister-in-law who was brought up in a very legalistic type of church and became very hurt by the church, is very wounded by the church, doesn't go to church, doesn't like the church. Um, she gets up to go to the kitchen and she's just barely hobbling along and I'm like, what's going on? And she said, my, my back went out and I'm, I'm in a lot of pain and this happens all the time and da-da-da-da-da and, and uh, I said, can I pray for you? Here's this person that doesn't go to church, doesn't like church, doesn't want church, but she's in pain right now. She said, sure. So I got up. I said, where does it hurt? She said, the middle of my back, upper back, and I laid a hand on her, and I prayed a very short prayer for God's healing and God's love to just touch her. That was it. I don't know what happened. I don't, I, she didn't look any better. She didn't say anything. But sometimes, it's, it's well, all the time, it's not for us to know. It's not for us to figure it out. It is for us to contend for God's presence, God's healing, God's goodness being released in this earth. We, we're doing this as a church. Every, every first Tuesday, we have a healing meeting downstairs. We have healing teams that pray for people, the first and the third. Uh, uh, during our fasting week, we have a Friday night, which is healing and freedom night, and, and we pray for the sick. And um, this last January, it was healing night and, and we're calling things out and we're, we're inviting people to come and one of, our, one of our teenagers, he's given me permission to share this, um, was in the balcony and, uh, and here's his story. He, he was in the play, he was one of the stars of the play last year in Fiddler on the Roof and during dress rehearsal, he went into the bathroom slipped in the bathroom, hit his head on the sink, and from that time started having migraine headaches, uh, like all the time, like five to ten a week, migraine headaches, and doctors couldn't touch it, medicine couldn't touch it, and he had it. He had it for eight months. He had it. So he's up in the balcony that Friday night, and we're, we're inviting people to come to be prayed for. And he's not coming. But Sarah sees him. Pastor Sarah. Pastor Sarah says, you should go out there. So he comes on up. We had a lot of people here, but he just happened to come to my line and told me what had happened. And I just put hands on him and released healing over him. And I, I didn't know anything until like two weeks ago. And uh, it turns out that from that time on, he has not had one migraine headache. It's, it's, four, it's, it's almost four months. It was almost four months. I, I, I asked him, I'm like, well, tell me what you experienced. I said, are you saying from that day on? He said, Absolutely. 
He said, I still once in a while will have what I used to have, which is just, you know, minor irritation or minor headache, but no migraine, not one migraine since that moment. I said, what happened in that moment? You know, did you feel something? He said, it just felt like peace. It just, everything felt peaceful. And, uh, and I was healed. Contending, contending for healing. Uh, okay, so point two is the role of faith. When we read the Gospels, we can't help notice the role of faith. Je- Jesus says to the woman with the issue of blood, and this is one of many times Jesus says something similar, your faith has made you whole. And, and we, we see this and it's like, okay, there is a human part of this called faith. Now, what's, what's, what that's developed is oftentimes a wrong understanding of the role of faith. For, I want to just give you two things faith doesn't do. Okay, number one, faith does not heal. Faith does not heal. In that very passage where Jesus just said to that woman, your faith has made you whole, Jesus says to Peter, I fe- somebody touched me, I felt power go out of me. It was Jesus' power that healed that lady. N- not Her faith didn't heal her. Faith, faith doesn't heal. God heals. Jesus heals. We do not believe in faith healing in this church. That if somebody believes strong enough that the power of their belief heals you. No, we don't believe that. Jesus is, we believe in divine healing, not faith healing. Faith doesn't heal. Jesus does. Secondly, faith does not force God's hand. Faith is not this missing part of the equation. And once somebody has faith, God has to do it. God has to. God never has to do anything. God does what he wants to do. What faith does, faith opens a window that allows God to do it if he wants to do it. 1 Peter 1.5 says that we are kept through faith by the power of God. By grace you have been saved through faith. Faith is the window that opens so that God can do what he wants to do. So that grace can come through and do what only God can do. But faith never forces God's hand. This is not, a, this is not about some type of a mathematical equation or like a slot machine you put in and you get out. That's not what this is. This is about relationship. John 8.32 says this. How will he who gave his only son, not with him, freely, freely give us all things? The only way God gives is freely. Whenever you think you've got God in a box and he has to do it because you prayed the right way, you believe the right way, so God has to, God just backs off from that whole attitude. No, no. He doesn't do it because we did our part perfectly. He does it it because he is good and somebody is trusting his goodness and his love and his mercy. Childlike faith doesn't notice itself. When the 70 returned, 
They were astonished at all the healing and even the demons are subject to us. And here's what it says that Jesus prayed at that time. At that time, Jesus, this is Luke 10, 21. At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to. To do. (laughs) Have you ever noticed that little children don't worry whether the bills are going to be paid? They don't wonder about is there going to be food tonight? They 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 just trust. They don't think about trusting. They just mom and dad said it. It's going to be done, and of course it's going to be done. I'm their child. They're they're my provider. There's no. They don't even think about their faith. It just they just do it, and it's it's the wise and the learned that start getting over analytical and try to figure this out and start looking at faith and what is faith and no no it's 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 not about. It's not about faith. It's about the object of our faith. Listen to what A.W. Tozer said, one of my favorite authors. He says, faith is the least self-regarding of the virtues. It is by very nature scarcely conscious of its own existence. Like the eye which sees everything in front of it and never sees itself. Faith is occupied with the object upon which it rests and pays no attention to itself at all. The power of this thing is Jesus. It's seeing Jesus. It's fixing your eyes on Jesus. The eye doesn't see itself. It sees what it's looking at. And the church is looking at Jesus, not at at its own faith. This is the secret to great faith, is this isn't about us. It's about Jesus. It's about who he is, about what he wants to do. We, uh, a few years ago, we had a guy from uh, Bethel named Chris Gore come and do uh, healing meetings here. And he taught us something. He said, never pray past the healing. Huh? He said, he said, prayer doesn't heal people. Jesus heals people. And sometimes when we, we think it's our prayer, and if we pray right, and we pray long enough, and we pray loud enough, we will get healing. He said, no, you're trusting in your prayer. Prayer doesn't heal people. Jesus heals people. He taught us to pray short prayers and then ask people to check themselves. <laughs> I, I remember the, the night he had us pray, and we, there, there must have been, 50 people down here that got healed. He gave testimonies and it was stunning. It was stunning that it happened so easily. (laughs) And the reason why it happened easy is because he was trusting Jesus, not his prayer or his anything. Just allow Jesus to be Jesus. Don't pray past the healing. Childlike faith. Point three and then we're going to have a little divine experiment here. It's called growing in confidence. We were, when, when I went out to Bethel, which is actually where I met Chris Gore, he was leading the healing conference we went to out there. This is in 2013. We, it was the very first night, and uh, 
and just the whole atmosphere of the place and Chris uh, he calls people out that have this condition and, and those people come out. And then he says this, who, who here has never seen a miracle before? And some people raise their hand. He says, you, you're going to be the prayer team. And he pulls them out and they pray and miracles happen right in front of them. It was just astonishing. But something was happening me, with me at the same time. Because it was the first time I was going to be going to Belize with the team. And the reason I was going is because Ron Brayton, our missionary down there, asked me if I would do special meetings at night. That I would do these region-wide miracle crusades at night. And the kids would do the, their ministry during the day. And, and I agreed to come. And, but that night, as, as Chris is ministering, the, I feel like the Lord just speaks to me. Says this. Those kids do not need to see God using you. They need, they need to be the ones that minister. They need to see God using them, not God using you. And I just resolved right that night. Somehow the teenagers are going to be the ministry team down there. Not not me. But it was troubling to me all week long. And I, I, I'm like, Lord, <laughs> these, kids, these kids are barely saved. They, they, they don't even have quiet times. How are, how are you going to use them? How, how are you going to use them? I, don't, I just don't understand how, how this is going to work. And, and it's the very last day. Alice and I, the conference is over. Alice and I are at a lake there in uh, Redding beautiful lake and we're walking the beach and these kids are playing football and this football goes over the kid's head and comes to me and I say to one of the kids go long and he goes long and I throw a pass and it goes right through his arms and and I'm like get get that ball back here we're doing this again and I go long again so he goes long again I throw the same pass goes right through his arms again and he feels horrible he says I don't really have good hands he says throw one to my buddy he's got really good hands and his buddy is half his size and I'm like to the little guy go long he goes long throw it to him he catches it but I just I don't like it I don't like that kid feeling bad about himself so I, I, I say to the taller kid I said come here Come here, buddy. And I said, I want you to catch this. And he, he, he's here to the pew, and I throw it to him, and he catches it. I said, take a step back, and I take a step back, and catch this, catch this, catch it. We keep walking back until he's at almost exactly the same length as the long pass, and he catches it, and I, I leave. And as I leave, I feel like, I just feel impressed by the Lord. This is how he feels about his people. The only thing his people lack is confidence. And that if I'm this concerned about a stranger, I don't want a stranger to think he's not good enough to catch a pass because he doesn't have good hands. And I'm willing to, to, to work with him until he has confidence. How much more will our Father in Heaven work with us until we have confidence? He doesn't like it when we say, I can't do that. I could never do that. I could never be used that way. He's like, come on, come on closer. Let's work on this. We're gonna, we'll start small. But you can do this. 
You can, you and I can do this together. And so we went down to Belize. We, we practiced here. We went down to Belize. They were the ministry time and wonderful, miraculous things happened. These kids did stuff. God did stuff through them that you never would have imagined God doing through young people. Amazing. And so we've done it every year. This year, in June, we have a healing meeting that first Tuesday night. Guess who the healing team is? It's our teenagers that are going to Belize. They're practicing. They're going to practice. We're going to, they, they, they will practice hearing God. They'll practice listening and they'll practice ministering, healing. Because this is God's heart. This is God's desire that normal, regular people are used by a great and powerful and generous God. A few healing nights ago, I had people stand. They just stood where they were if they needed a healing touch. And, and I had those around just put a hand on them. And one of, uh, one of my friends that uh, I went out to lunch with a few weeks later because something happened to him. And he said, when you said to the, that we were supposed to put our hands, he said, my hand just started burning. He said, it was like my hand was on fire. Last week, we had the elders up front praying and anointing people at, at, the, at the healing meeting. And one of my buddies I went out to him. He told me about this experience. He said, uh, he said, something was happening with my left hand. He's, he's not an elder. He was just sitting in the congregation. Something started happening, manifesting on my left hand. I could not figure out what God was saying about the left hand. And the meeting got done, and you guys were still praying, and this, I, a, a guy, stranger, is sitting next to me, and I, I turned to him. I said, are you going to go up and get prayer? And he said, he said, I, he said I don't know. He said, well, what, what's the problem? He said, it's my left hand. And he said, would you mind if I prayed for you right now? And he put a hand on him, and this guy was astonished at how much better his left hand was immediately, and everything was done except for the middle finger, so he prayed a second time, and he didn't ask the second time because I tell people not to ask the second time. Anyway, um, <laughs> God's desire to use people just like us. This happened in the last two weeks. This is a family in our church with small children. There's an eight-year-old and a a two-year-old. I'm just going to read what, they, what was given to me. Two-year-old Calvin was playing with his older brothers mid-morning last week. <clears throat> his mom heard him scream and found him with an injured wrist. It hurt badly. <clears throat> he wouldn't let her even look at it, but kept holding it. He cried for a few hours and still did not want mom to look at it or feel it, even with an offer of a prize, which always works with Gavin. By mid-afternoon, when he could not even sleep for nap time and was still crying, she called the doctor for an appointment. The only one available was just taken. The nurse wanted to get him in for x-rays and told her to take him to urgent care as soon as possible. Mom had her own four children at home and was doing child care for two others. She went to tell dad, who was working in the basement, that she needed to take him to urgent care right away. She got upstairs to get him ready. By the time she got back upstairs, maybe five minutes later, Gavin was jumping on the couch, waving his arm, laughing and saying, it's all better. His wrist had no pain. 
Not one bit of pain. Gavin's older brother, who is eight, looked at mom and said, I prayed for Gavin. I prayed for Gavin six times. Mom knew God had healed him, answering his brother's prayer. The difference was night and day after maybe five minutes. So, here's the question. I am wondering if you are willing to be part of a divine experiment this morning. Lisa's in, praise God. I need two groups, okay? Two groups to be part of this. The first group is you are here and you are in some type of pain or you have some type of condition that is ongoing and doctors haven't been able to heal or medicine hasn't and you're very conscious of a condition or something that you have, I am wondering if you would be willing to be part of a divine experiment and let somebody pray for you this morning. If you're you're willing to be in that group, then you can't be part of this second group, okay? Here is... So if if you're willing, in just a a moment, I'm going to have, if you're in that group, I'm going to have you stand to your feet soon, and if you're part of that group, just mark it, I'm I'm willing to, to be the guinea pig in this experiment. Okay. Here's the second group. You are willing to be used by God in healing. You are are willing, if God wants to use you, you are willing to have God use you and to have his power go through you and minister healing to somebody else. If you are willing to do that and be in that group, I would like you to stand right now. Okay, so if you're in the first group, stay seated, but if you're in that second group, you are willing to be used by God in divine healing, um, I want you to just stand to your feet right now. Okay. This is the ministry team. <clears throat> so here's how it works. First, first we've got to get our, our ministry team anointed. And uh, the Holy Spirit's already with you, already on you, but never hurts to pray for a little more. So would you just open up your hands to the Lord and we'll just ask for more. Lord, would you fill us right now? Lord, here we are. We're not amazing people. We're not amazing Christians. We're just regular folks. But God, we believe you're a great God. We believe your plan was to use people just like us in your great work. So Lord, would you fill us right now with your power? Would you put healing in our hands? We receive right now, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, that group can sit down. If you are in group one and you want God to touch you in healing, would you stand to your feet right now? You're willing, you're willing to be prayed for. <clears throat> Thank you. It's not always easy to be prayed for, especially if you've been prayed for before. Here's how, it, here's how we're going to do it now. I want you to, everybody that's standing, raise your hand, okay? Now, 
Keep that hand up until somebody on our ministry team comes to you and says, I'm going to pray for you, and then take your hand down. So now the ministry team can stand up, find somebody that's got their hand up. You might have to get out of your pew and find somebody, and I want, I want everybody to have somebody. So put your hand down once somebody's with you, and that way I'll know once we get somebody for everybody. Okay, I, I'm, I'm, okay, we got one still up in the back. Oh, I see people going. I love this. I, isn't this fun? I am having so much fun right now. Okay, okay, somebody's with her. Good, done. We got somebody. Oh, you're good, bro. You got somebody. Uh, we got somebody right here, guys, in the red. He doesn't have anybody with him. Oh, we still got a couple over here, too, that need a ministry team. We got somebody in the back. Come on, church. Come on, church. We need some more ministry team. Is anybody willing to be on the ministry team that said they didn't want to be on the ministry team before? Because <laughs> I've, got, I've got a hand in the back. I've got somebody moving towards that. Okay, good. Um, keep your hand up until somebody is there. I've got people moving everywhere. Is there anybody else in the balcony? Everybody's covered. Okay. Here's, here's how we're going to pray. And I'm not saying you couldn't do this on your own. But here's what we're going to do. First thing I want you to do, and we've only got like five seconds to do this. (laughs) So here's what I want you to do. I do not want you to give that person like a whole rundown of how you got like this or anything like that. Just where does it hurt? Just ask them right now, where does it hurt? If you can assess your level of pain between 1 and 10, give them the number. My, my, it's my left elbow, and I'm in an 8 of pain. Try to assess the number so we'll know what the results are. <coughs> okay, okay. Okay. If it is appropriate to put your hand right where the pain is, go ahead and do that. Otherwise, just keep it on the shoulder. And you're going to pray, you're going to pray this prayer after me, right out loud. Father, right now in Jesus' name, I release your healing into this body. Pain, go. go. Healing, come. come. In Jesus' name. name. Okay, take your hand off. Ask them how they're doing. I want you to check your pain. I want you to check your pain. Okay, 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 back up here. Back up here. Back up here. If, if the pain is completely gone, the second time, what I want you to do is, as a group, just thank God for the healing. If it is not completely gone, if it's a little better or 80% better or not better at all, we're going to pray a second time. Jesus prayed twice, one time, so we're going to pray a second time. If the pain is not completely gone, then put your hand right back there again. We're going to pray one more time. Here we go. Here we go. Ready? Father in heaven, right now in Jesus' name, 
I release healing. Pain go. Healing come. In Jesus' name. <laughs> All right, check it again. Check it again. All right. All right, here's my question. Here's my question. If you are 80, 80% to 100% better, I want you to just raise your hand right now. Raise, keep them up. Keep them up. I'm going to count these hands. Okay? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight, twenty-nine. <clears throat> Can we all stand now? Um, Jesus is a healer. Jesus is a healer. I want to say one word to those that just raised their hand or, or maybe, maybe you, you couldn't say 80. You were only 40 or maybe you didn't feel anything. I want to say something. Oftentimes healing comes as a seed. A seed that has to be protected, it has to be watered, it has to be gardened. And oftentimes when you're in a meeting like this, it will feel like it is completely better and tomorrow you, you have a pain, you, you need to still stand for your healing. Maybe, maybe God wanted to encourage you that a healing has begun and he just wants you to stand for it now. Don't go back to... Oh, I knew I wasn't healed. I, you know, it was the emotion. It was whatever. No, no. Contend for your healing. Contend. Folks, if Jesus is a healer, then we're the healed. It's part of the kingdom, man. It's part of our identity. Let's just break off discouragement. Father, I, in Jesus' name, Lord, I know there's a lot of mystery around healing. I know that there's just been a lot done. None of it changes the fact that you healed when you were on this earth, that there is healing in the kingdom of God. And God, that as you are the healer, part of who we are is the healed. Father, not only are we contending for our own healing, but we're, we want to more and more be open to carrying healing to others, to bring your kingdom to people that are hurting and broken. And Lord, would you forgive us for the fear of man? Lord, a lot of times it's just because it would be awkward. No one talks about God here. No one ever prays for anybody here. We, they talk against God. And, and, and so I've always been afraid. Lord, break fear in us in Jesus' name. And Lord, help us to be beautiful and powerful. Help us, God, to be everything you want us to be, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, God bless. Woo!